Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Howdy, y'all. Happy Thursday. We're going to day two of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Five series will start tonight. We'll discuss the three series that started yesterday and uh, a massacre in Western Pennsylvania to start it off. But we're going to let me just I just want to say this. Uh, you know, we'll keep the, the pre-show to a minimum here because there's so much stuff to talk about. But have to say, I, you know. I loved hockey brawls in my youth. We don't, we won't see them anymore. Probably, unfortunately, probably um, the occasional hockey fight, but baseball brawls. To me, they're sort of much ado about nothing because nobody ever gets punched. And we saw two, uh, once in a while they do. Well, once, in a, once, in a, once in a while, we'll see like a pitcher like karate kick somebody or something yeah. like that. And we had two of them yesterday. No, a Nolan Arenado of the Colorado Rockies. I don't. I can't remember the pitcher for for San Diego, um, but the pitcher uh, apparently three Padres had been hit in the game, or maybe going back to last season. I, I don't know, or maybe back to an earlier game in the series. But or Arenado got one between the numbers, and he ran out to the mound. And the first thing that the pitcher did was. <laughs> Was, was was take his glove off his left hand, throw it with his right. Well, that's what you usually do. Yeah, you throw your glove as the pitcher right into the guy's face. Right, and and, and I think he got him, but then 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 he sort of trailed off the the mound, waited for his catcher to uh, to and some teammates to interfere. And yeah. I, I didn't I didn't see Arenado contact with him, but I think he made contact with uh, with a couple of his teammates. And then I saw Mark McGuire basically playing peacemaker uh, in the middle of this brawl uh, saying, you know, we got hit three times. So that was one. And then last night in between watching, you know, the three uh, games, I'm flipping back to the Yankees uh, Red Sox. And this is what I mean, Russ. And and I, I admit I'm biased. I'm a Yankees fan and I hate the Red Sox, but I saw the slide from Tyler Austin on Brock Holt. And it wasn't like he went five five miles out of the base path to hit the guy. You know, sometimes you're going to make contact with the shortstop or the second baseman, and he did make contact. He didn't spike him, but he made contact with his leg. And then basically everybody on the Red Sox went banana hammock. And uh, then um, I think Joe Kelly, I think it was, hit Austin, and then it was basically on, and Kelly uh, Austin charges the mound, throws the bat down, and uh, if you look at the video, you basically saw two walls named Stanton and Judge sort of yeah. move the the Red Sox toward their own dugout. I, I mean, it, it was entertaining, but I don't know if there was anything consequential there. No, I mean, most of these brawls there aren't. I mean, I do remember a few players getting injured, going on a DL from these brawls in the um, in the 70s and 80s. Probably the best brawl on team was the 86 Mets. They did it on the field. They did it off the field in Gillies. They did it everywhere, right? Um, and they would take real shots. Like Ray Knight, obviously, you remember what he would do. Uh, yeah, he, he he took real punch. He, he punched for real, too. Yeah. But here's the thing. 
Ron Darling talked about it on a broadcast the other day. When you're sliding into second, like we all know what the Chase Utley slide was. That was yes, that was to go out of your way with great intent. But what Darling said is in today's game, there's still nothing wrong with sliding in and touching a guy's foot to make him move so his throw isn't perfect, so he's not comfortable. And I agree with that. Right. And you know, and honestly, you can't say the game was out of con- if it was 10 to 1, you could say, okay, that's uncalled for. It was, I think it was 8-1, and then the Red Sox came back and hit a grand slam, and it was 8-6, and I think the Yankees had added on a couple runs, so it was 10-6. So even if it was four runs, that game was not over with because – They just hate each other a lot. They they hate each other, and, you know, apparently CC Sabathia tackled Chris Sale in the the, the, – in the in the in the scrum yeah i mean and and this was a good response for the yankee fans out there who were concerned that they got you know you know what uh 14 to 1 this was a good response by the team actually there has been and then we'll get off this there has been a tired commentary from yankee fans i would say the last four or five years we don't we're not tough enough we don't pitch inside anymore we don't like i don't know if you've heard it but i hear it once in a while and and so maybe that will get those fans to to calm down a little bit the game well, is different. Not everybody does that. Not everybody pitches that way. That's right. It is. Well, yeah. And, and I mean, I'm one of those people who, you know, I'm not calling for people to be beamed, but yeah. when you're like Girardi driven, I guess. Yeah. When you're, when you're, when your player gets beamed, I think there should be a response. Oh, sure. And, and so, so, you know, and I remember a few years back, Jabba Chamberlain put one right in the back of Kevin Euclid after one of the, one, one of the uh, Red Sox pitchers had, uh, had hit at hit Jeter or hit somebody else. I'm like, yeah, you know, tit for tat. That's what happens. Anyway, let's start the, let's start the show. Hello, Hockey World. Today is Thursday, April 12th, 2018. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. As I said, it's day two of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and weather permitting, it's also opening day for the Buffalo Bisons of the uh, <laughs> of the of the uh, the, the tri- of the Triple A Buffalo Bisons. Well, opening day is a great day. Yes, it? yes, but you know, you know, the rain gods, who knows? Yeah. Okay. Three games last night. We'll start with the uh, the earliest start, and the, we won't talk too much about it because there really wasn't. I mean. It, the Pittsburgh Penguins jumped all over the Philadelphia Flyers very early. There was there was never any question who the better team was. Uh, it got to the point of I don't know, maybe embarrassment because I saw Claude Giroux's commentary after the game, and he was basically that's the worst that's the worst playoff game or the worst game I've ever performed in. Yeah, um, a seven nothing loss for the Flyers. Of uh, Penguins take a one nothing lead in the series, and the question is. You know, I mean, can the Flyers come back from this? Which I think they can, but can they? I mean, can they win a game? Yes, that's it. Are they going to win two? Maybe, but I doubt it. I mean, here's the thing. We, we talked about it, and I was on probably two or three shows, and we did our show, and we talked about it more than once. Brian Elliott's probably not 100%. We yes. know that. And he hasn't had a great playoff record to begin with. So after three goals, probably should have been pulled. Right. But it does show how the coach does not like Peter Morazic to the point where even at three nothing didn't feel like he should pull him. Yeah. So so there's that. So we get past that. We did talk about yesterday the defense that the Penguins forwards play, and I think that gets pooed because everybody's like, "Oh, well, the Penguins' defense stinks." Well, it's not perfect, but we do forget. You know, none of us mentioned Justin Schultz. He's a pretty good defender now. 
Like Justin Schultz, when he was with Edmonton, had no clue how to play defense. He's pretty good now. So we should give guys like that a little more credit, but also the forwards do play defense. So that's another thing. We talked about Brian Rust. I remember bringing him up. He, he always scores in the playoffs. Yeah. As soon as he as soon as he scored, I texted you. Brian yeah. Rust equals playoff performer. Yeah, he's just one of those guys, right? And and whether we mention Gensel or not, he's another one of those guys. Shiri is another one of those guys. They just rise to the occasion. They have a lot of guys that rise to the occasion. They know what it takes to win. Philly, a couple of things. Now it was interesting. Claude Giroux took a lot of face off, so clearly they weren't going to let Nolan Patrick. Right. Based off against the big guns all the time. So and we talked and we talked about that yesterday. And we talked about that. Now Philly dominated in the dot. That was the one thing in that game they dominated. That it was faceoffs, but everything else they just got steamrolled. Uh, Scott Lawton on that missed shot. I told people when the Flyers are good, Scott Lawton is not going to be your fourth line center. And I get all kinds of bristling. What do you mean? What? Are they? I'm like, listen, he's a he's a fringe NHL player. He is. And that play, unfortunately, shows it. It's just the hard knocks of of life. You know, he his skating, you know, has gotten a little better. But the Flyers don't have like this great fourth fourth line shutdown line. So that's another thing. Um, you know, Val Philpola, like at this well, point, it's a weak spot also for them when you're playing someone like the Penguins. Well, I mean, I thought uh, for, for first first Elliot. Elliot. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 in Mrazek that he waited to five nothing right. and, and then after the game he comes out and he says you know uh i think he basically said essentially i think i'm gonna go back with elliot in game two if that's crazy which is crazy and if that's the case then you know what then you may as well i mean i mean you may as well go to alex lyon right uh if, if, if you know if elliot's at 60 percent dustin tukarski i mean or, or yeah dustin Tukar or or you know, can you can anyway. you can you emergency recall Carter Hart from from the WHL? Uh, you know, I, I'm joking, but know. you know, I'm, I'm I'm just saying it's like I mean that that's pretty sad that you have to go with a goaltender who's clearly not not up to snuff. I also think that you know I I'm a big fan of the Philadelphia defense as a whole. You know, Proforov mm -hmm. and, and Gostaspier, but I think they showed their age or lack of experience in that game last night because. Uh, you know, Malkin basically went to the net almost unopposed on his goal. On his it was goal. a fantastic play, but it's true. He did. Yes. I mean, I will say this. At least Gostaspier pushed him to the backhand, and Malkin still – Still scored on the back. Still end. rifled it like it was a like it was a slap shot inside the pole. I mean, it was just it was unbelievable. And then you know to just talk about unbelievable. I mean, the Pirates should sign Sidney Crosby the way he's been they hitting. Probably should. The Pirates are not very good. Oh my God! I mean, what what is the deal with the with the in the air goals? I mean, it's incredible. It's the, now this is three something that he's worked on. Yeah, because he's scoring more of them with a lot more frequency now. And again. Here's the funny thing. When there was a narrative for this series, the narrative was, well, it's hard to win three in a row, and the Penguins' defense isn't that good, so let's see if the you know the young upstart Flyers can beat the Penguins. But I think the Penguins, 
and, and like I and I do believe this. Like I said, if the Flyers could have won yesterday's game, mm-hmm. they might have put a little bit of doubt in the Penguins' mind. Like, okay, this you know this is a series. We got to fight for our lives. The right. Penguins, no matter what, play like they're going to fight for their lives anyhow. But yeah. now I think I think they know that they could have their way with them, and they're going to start taking chances like crazy. Yeah, they're they're going to be infused with confidence now, and they're going to jump into the attack, and they're not going to have any fear. And you know. Lost in this, you know, Matt Murray made a couple of saves early in the game and it looked like the Matt Murray of, uh, of yeah. you know, the last couple of years. Oh, the yeah, to his credit. And we did say it, it was overblown how people were worried about Matt Murray going to the playoffs. Like he's not, been nothing but a great playoff performer. Right. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm not worried about him as a performer. I'm worried about him in terms of his health. I mean, that's the oh. only, that's the only thing I think that can de- derail this team is if he gets hurt again. If he gets hurt again, then I think they're – you know, then they're they're human right now yeah. with him playing the way he can play, and with Crosby and Malkin and Kessel and everybody else they have in Broussard, uh, you know, uh, they're they're super they're superhuman. So it's it's the I only mean, thing Philly can do now is take the slow lumbering guys out of the lineup, get rid of Laterra, put put Jordan Wheel in. You're yeah. gonna have to speed this team up, and you're gonna have to try and figure out how to keep the puck away from. The Penguins. That's what you're going to have to do. They're going to have to do yeah. that. And what I think they're going to have to do, and I don't think they, I don't know if they have the will to do it, is I think they're going to have to go. And I'm not saying run, but I'm saying they're going to have to make it tough on Crosby yes. and tough on Malkin. They're going to have to hit them. They're going to have to hit them a lot. They're going to have to slow them down. If they can do that, they might have a chance of winning a game or two. The but problem they, is they don't have a lot of guys that could do it other than Provorov. Even Gudis doesn't have the speed to right. get near Crosby half the time. Right. Uh, game two last night was Winnipeg and Minnesota and good, very good game. Very, it was a slow starting zero, zero after, after one, then early, late, late in the second, early in the third really got great. I mean, um, you know, for those who thought that, you know, Minnesota was going to be a pushover, they, they weren't, uh, that they aren't going to be, it's going to be a tougher, maybe than expected series. That's why I do think it's going to go seven. I really feel like it can look, I, I get that. Minnesota's missing a lot. They are, but their defense still played pretty well. And Dubnik yeah. stood on his head for most of that game. He was- Dubnik was Dubnik was really good. Um, you know, they played Matt Dumba a lot, and you know, he and and I, I surprised they didn't play Brodine as much as they you you know yeah because I mean I know that he's not exactly a great offensive defenseman. And Spurgeon played. We were talking yeah, about yeah. Spurgeon not not being in the lineup. But uh, you know, f- f- you know, Shifley with a nice power play goal late, late in the second, and then you know, Minnesota comes out with two goals in the first four minutes of the third, and like, yeah. I, you know, really put uh, <laughs> put people at the MTS Center on on their hands because I mean, they that was sort of surprising. Uh, I mean, the the Parise goal especially. I mean, you you said it. Parise has been playing yeah. great. I think. He's been playing great the last five weeks of the season. Yep. I think he had in double figures and goals, and that was a great goal to tie yep. to take put them in the lead. Yeah, I mean, and and again for that nonsense nonsensical talk about well, if Hellebuck falters, well, why is anybody expecting Hellebuck to get pulled at all? He's had a fantastic year. He was great two years ago. Last year was a little off, but so was the team. Like I just again, I didn't understand the narrative, but I, I'm not ready to hand the Stanley Cup yet to Winnipeg. I think. No. I think Minnesota is going to give them a hard time. I, you know, like I said, I can see Minnesota losing the series, but guys like Eric Stahl, you know, these guys are 
Yeah. They're pretty wily, and and they and they do have a good ability to come back. I think they're going to win at least one or two in Minnesota. Yeah, and, and I think that's what's going to make this series. I think this series is probably going to be that we're going to win at home, you're going to win at home, and then Game Seven. Well, Winnipeg I, to win in their building. I really I, think it's going to go to that. It it, it could. I, I mean, I have the Jets in five, but I, I you know it could go six, it could go seven. You know, yeah. you never know. I think the Jets are going to win the series. And one thing you saw yesterday, and I retweeted it when I saw the video of it, was was Bufflin freight training Joel Erickson Eck. I mean, if if Bufflin's going to play like that, if he's going to be throwing his, his hands up. Yeah, that, that will help them a lot, even though their defense, like Peter said yesterday, is a little shorthanded right now. Uh, good news for Winnipeg, Patrick Line gets off the schneid. He had he had trouble scoring late in the season. He gets a nice goal to tie the game in the third period, a nice wrister that beat that top corner past Dubnik. And as you said, Joe Joe Morrow with the winning goal, which is a little Joe Morrow was the first-round pick, and he was expected to be a pretty good offensive defenseman, but then took on – pretty early on a defensive defenseman role because the offense wasn't there. And, you know, he's had a journey, man, but man, he scored a massive goal for them. And Hey, that's one of those that you shoot on net. Anything can happen. Yeah. And uh, the bad news for Winnipeg is that Matthew Perot left the game and there was no update after the game, but Peter tweeted something. Uh, uh, I think this morning that said, you know, Perot's out. Okay, step in Jack Jack Rosslevich. Right, I mean, yeah. and I'm like, you know, there you go. I mean, th- th- that team has a lot of depth, and you know, Perot is a, they have a lot of depth. They don't have a lot of playoff experience, and I still think, you know, that's where Minnesota can draw on some of that and 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 fight back in this series. Get the lineup right. Boudreau right. really coached a good game. I mean, that was you know, for all the grief he takes, it wasn't his fault. It really wasn't anybody's fault. It was a power play goal like that. You know, that's I, what I, happens. Russ, I sometimes think that he takes a lot of grief uh, for like last night after the after the goal that tied it with Line A, the 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 cameras zoom in on him and he's got this sort of befuddled look on his face. Yeah. I think he takes heat for that because he's just he looks yeah, you know, he's not like angry. He's not like he's yeah. just sort of like befuddled and like his face yeah. is a little red. And I'm like, yeah, but People react differently to different things, and this guy has been behind the bench for a lot of games. He has. He has. But like I said, very, very entertaining. Yes. Um, final game last night of the debut of the Vegas Golden Knights in the postseason. There was a lot of uh, showmanship there. I saw Jeremy yeah, Roenick. Cool. It, was, it was a cool – look, yeah. I'm not a huge, like, uh, middle ages uh, – yeah, I, I probably have watched, you know, a couple of movies to that degree, but I, I don't watch Game of Thrones. I'm not that guy, but I get that there's a lot of people that like it. And it was very theatrical and very Vegasy, and that's fine. It was cool. Ronick looked like he was going to have a heart attack, run, you know, um, rolling the horn, whatever that thing is, you know. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was some it was of it, some of it was lost on me. But yeah. uh, no, it was good. It was it was good theatrics. Now you know the game itself, and you know I drifted off in the second period and woke up l- later in the game because yeah. it was a, it was a long day for me. Um, but I caught the goal, the yeah. the deflection, and I believe it went to Belmar because it looked like he deflected. He showed Pierre Edward Belmar, which I'm sure Flyers fans weren't ha- happy about. Yes, but what struck me while I was <laughs> awake was 
the Kings really, I mean, I didn't see a ton of offensive opportunities. The, the speed advantage for Vegas was able to, at times, neutralize LA's offensive attack. And there, there is going to be that battle there between the speed of Vegas and the and the sort of heavy uh, team that that the Kings are. I think eventually the Kings will win out in that, but but maybe yeah. maybe not. I mean, I know that you know some people well, pick Vegas. There were some things. All right, so look, Mark Andre Fleury is always capable of, of getting a shutout. That's that's no shock. But I think the 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 Knights spent a great amount of time after their flurry in the first period. They had a lot of scoring chances then mm-hmm. on just trying to keep the Kings off the board. And that's going to be hard to keep up for an entire series. And I think that's something. Now, they did also take it. I forget who it was. Took a real good cheap shot on um, on Dowdy. Uh, it was Halla. I think it was. Yeah. Oh, no, Marcius. Marcius, though. With Marcius, though. On, like on he, the back of his foot. On the back of his foot. And that bothered him for a fair amount of that game. So that's something where, you know, for everybody who's like all like, hey, look at the Knights. This, this great young team. That was a dirty play, man. Yeah, it was a dirty play. And, and if you looked, I mean. I know that Brown left the game after blocking a shot. Kopitar went to the bench after blocking a shot. They it wasn't just that little cheap shot. There were they they were zeroing in on Doughty because I think they realized they look at the Kings without Muzzin in the lineup yeah. that he that the Doughty's going to play thirty plus minutes and they have to punish the guy because he can win the series be a, a definite uh, plus in terms of being out there for so much and helping the Kings win that series. So, I, I mean, it's good tactics to target Dowdy and to run them. Not with cheap shots. That's what I don't But, but yeah, but the, but the, definitely the Marcheseau slash or whatever. probably going to get something for that this series. I saw Clifford was on him a little yesterday, and and it, it's going to come back to him. But at the end of the day, they, they played a good game. A uh, couple things. If you remember, now this is where the Sabres, look, they could use all the offense they can get. And if you remember, yeah. I said – if I were the if I were the Knights, I would take William Carrier off their off their board there if they're going to put him out there. And that was a mistake by the Sabers. I really do think that they didn't realize what they had in that guy. He can play, and he helped set up that goal. He made a really good play to help all of that happen. And I, I think William Carrier, that's somebody that Buffalo could use right now. Carlson played a really good game. We, you know, again, I wanted to see how he performed in the playoffs. He looked great. So. William Carlson's for real. I never thought he wasn't, to be honest. I told you, everybody says, well, you didn't know he'd score this many goals. Nobody did, but everybody knew he had a lot of talent. So, but at the end of the day, Quick was great, and he kept them off the board. And all the Kings have to do is be a little more physical and get a couple of breaks and and this series could turn that that quickly too. Yeah, I mean, if Fleury is shutting shutting teams out one-nothing, nobody nobody can win. But I I think the Kings – have a good enough offense to break through, and yeah. then you know, then it's then it's basically up to Vegas to see if they can produce more than one goal. So, and I, I you know, I, I grant you with with Carlson, I was impressed with him on on one of the power plays early yeah. in the game, where he was just one timing like crazy. And yeah, he's the thing that's very obvious though that they don't have, and maybe this will change next year, is they don't have a defenseman to run the power play. They were having Carlson play the point there. Yeah, they were. Theodore was pretty much the. Theodore uh, was doing it once in a while, and and he had a good shot on that on that play too. But 
they don't have full confidence yet in him doing that. Did you notice that? Yeah, and and you know maybe that's a role that a, a year or two down the road road that's going to be Eric Brandstrom. To, that's why I think Brandstrom's going to be that guy. Yeah. Or 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 if they or if they uh, if they make the trade that they tried to make at the deadline, that might be Eric Carlson. You never know. Right. right. Okay. Um, the five games that are starting tonight, uh, we'll start with the Devils and the Lightning. Um, I think the I think the Devils, in spite of a Cinderella season, in spite of Taylor Hall. Uh, probably being one two in the MVP voting, in spite of the the great story of the emoji king Keith Ken, Keith Kincaid, um, I think that the Devils can give Tampa a scare, but I don't see any scenario barring like massive injury on the part of Tampa Bay that that the Lightning don't win this series. I, what do you what do you think, Russ? I, I think Tampa wins in seven. I think the interesting thing about this series will be. Tampa doesn't look great right now. It no. might take a few games for Stamkos to get back to, to speed. Their right. defense is a little askew. And I think while all this is going on, with the system that the Devils play and with Taylor Hall being as good as he is right now, mm -hmm. there could be you know some games that the Devils win here. Will they all be behind Kincaid? I don't know. But I think I think Kincaid has a really good chance of, of pulling something off here. And, and you know we always look for that hot playoff goalie and nobody has mentioned his name, and maybe he's the guy. I mean, you never know. You know, Andrew Hammond did get shelled that first game. They took him out. I think Kincaid will do better than that, and I I, I expect him to, to live out the game. I do. Well, I, I okay, the funny the first thing is Stamkos. With Tampa playing consequential games the last three games, he doesn't play. That tells me, obviously, he's injured, but a question yeah. – how what what percentage of Stamkos you're right, getting? We know he plays regardless, right? So he's going to play, but is is it sixty percent Stamkos or eighty percent Stamkos? I mean, it's still going to be a great player, but you yeah. know it could limit his his success rate there. Um, the I think the Vasilevsky is a concern. I you know especially watching him in that late season game against Buffalo when they're trying when they're trying to win first in the Atlantic and, and home ice advantage through the Eastern Conference and Vas Vasilevsky is is unable to stop a beach ball let alone a puck and then you know the contrast of him from earlier in the year to to later in the year I mean we know that he made comments about him being tired. And the problem is they had Louis Domingue as the backup, and they really couldn't rest him down the stretch as much as I, maybe they would like to. Yeah. I mean, I'm concerned about Vasilevsky going into this series, but everything else, I mean, I know that I know that New Jersey is really fast, and so yeah. is Tampa. Yeah, Miles and, Wood will skate circles around some of those guys. He will. Yeah, and he's a and he's a feisty guy, and yeah. but but you know, matching up like Travis Zajac against some of the centers on the. Uh, uh, you know what the funny thing is, though, and here's the thing, and and I mentioned it a little bit on 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 Sirius yesterday on Coolius's show. Like Blake Coleman has been great. Yes, pickle juice, and he doesn't get enough credit. Like he's a guy that could hurt you, and and you're not expecting him to hurt you. Mm -hmm. uh, on the power play, you put the Devils on the power play. Kyle Palmieri's got a great shot on the power play. Yeah, he will score on anybody on the power play, and so that's so, so they do have some weapons. Uh, Watch this series. I don't think it's going to be a snow, you know, an easy one. It's not going to be like what Pittsburgh did to Philly yesterday. Well, I have Lightning and six, and I, you know, I, I think that the additions of Grabner and the addition of Maroon. Yeah, we got to see Grabner step up here. We do. Yeah, they helped out. But I, I'll tell you, the two guys. I mean, Braden Point 
you know, is, I don't know if he's a star, but he, I mean, on that team, he could make Tyler Johnson expendable in the next yes. year or so. Um, but Anthony Sorelli, uh, in, in not a lot of games has made a difference for and you know, very quick yep. young kid, but a lot of talent works like, works like, like crazy. I mean, you know, Yanni Gord. I mean, all these guys, Corey Conacher, all these guys are Corey all Conacher going to still be in the series by the end of it. I don't know. I it's Cooper. Of course he's going to be, that's his, that's his guy. He loves that. He loves him. He's yeah. going to be on the fourth line. He's going to be in. He, Russ, he's the perfect fourth liner in the playoffs because he's a pain in the ass and he'll, he'll get underneath the skin of people. Yeah, so. But if Adam Ernie's healthy, like, I think I want him in there. And I, I agree, but I, I, you know, I've never been a big fan of Corey Conacher's game, but anyway, yeah. uh, Second game uh, of the night is the game that I'll be concentrating on, which is the Maple Leafs and the Boston Bruins. Um, I think if you look at the matchups in the, in the playoffs here, this is the one where the cumulative points of both teams is the highest. So the, it's arguably the, the most even series of any of the eight series in the, in the, in the first round. Uh, I, I think it's going to go seven. Um, get your opinion here on this, on this one first, Russ. Yeah, I've got Boston in seven. Uh, there's a few things I don't like. They're not playing Ryan Donato, and Ty yeah. Anderson wrote about that, and he's right. The reason you have Ryan Donato there is for the youthful legs and that shot. Mm -hmm. And if you get him that shot in open space, that could be four, five, six goals throughout these playoffs that they're not going to get if they put him on the bench and just in lieu of better defense. So I think I think that's a mistake for Boston, and that's something I didn't want to see. Uh, Look, Boston, they still have guys like Bergeron. They still have Chara. They they have guys that from, you know, Rask has had a great year. They have guys from the last regime that still know how to win. They've infused some youth. McAvoy's healthy. Yeah. All those things look good. Uh, losing Carlo hurts them, and that's another reason why I think it goes to seven. But if I flip to the, the, the Leafs side, when I was filling out my um, hockey writer's ballot, you know, we have to do an all-star team. And Freddie Anderson almost made it as a goalie. Like I want to say, he he might have been the fourth best goalie in the NHL this year. Like he he's really been that good, and I don't think he gets enough credit because of you know I guess Babcock just takes a lot of the shine away from a lot of the players, but he he's really been that good, and I think he will um, be a reason the series goes seven too. Matthews is Matthews; he's going to be great. I but the, I, I still worry about. I we always harp on the Leafs defense, and it's definitely a harpable point. Yeah, I mean, I, I did a like a side by side breakdown of of the of the the series, and I, I gave a slight advantage to Anderson in goal. Although the one concern I had was his goals against in March and April down the stretch, playing you know every game not back to back. In uh, in the last five weeks, his goals against was three point five, and his save percentage was under nine hundred. So he, I think it's a little wear and tear, but he's had some days off here. But he's had some days off, and that and that 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 should hopefully uh, for for the Leafs, you know, help help them because they need him to be at at the top level. Um, Tuka Rask has played the least amount of games that he has played in four seasons. And that was and that's they, perfect. That's what we've been saying that needs to happen. Right. They play Kadobin 31 games. So Karras is in the fifties. So he should be fresh for the playoffs and he's played pretty well. Same, basically the same stats he's had the last four seasons, you know, around a nine fifteen save percentage. You know, he's a, he's a good solid goaltender with a lot of experience. Uh, I think the, I think the Bruins advantage is immense on the blue line. I, I can't get by I mean, like Chara McAvoy, Boy and Krug is the top three as compared to yeah. Gardner, Riley, and Hainsey. 
Yeah, I mean, don't sleep on on Grizzly. Grizzly can play, man. Well, Grizzly's on the bottom pairing, and the, the yeah. it's, it's it's interesting that both teams are doing a similar thing. Grizzly is a, is a sort of you know diminutive rookie with a lot of speed. You know, yeah. Travis Dermott is not diminutive, but he's a no. speedy guy, and yeah. they're pairing them with the the the, the grizzled veteran defensive defenseman and Adam McQuaid and Roman Polak. So you've got yeah. that. Uh, I just think that, you know, Hainsey's play dropped off a lot during the season. But when, I think that may have been fatigue also. And, and again, do we, you know, do we know that five or six days from the end of the season to the beginning of the playoffs, you know, and in between, you know, does, does that refresh these players? We, we don't know. All I know is I think that, I think Boston had an advantage with Chara and McAvoy as the top pairing and, um, and and uh, forward wise, I think it's even. But the big matchup, and this will be the the chess game going on throughout the entire series, is what is Babcock going to do matching up against Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak? If he, I mean, there's been indications that he's he's content with going head to head with yeah, Matthews. He should not do that at home. Yeah. He should he should get Austin Matthews away from Bergeron. That's what he right. Should. In in Boston, he may not be able to, but right. you know what he's going to try to do is he's trying to get try to get Kadri and Marlowe and yeah. Marner's been on that line. That's the thing when they played in the regular season, they moved Komarov up to that line, but that would ju that would juggle the, the all four lines and yeah, that's too much juggling. It's too much juggling early on. I mean, I think they'll see where things are. Yeah, and go from there. Power play shorthanded. That you know they're basically even. These are two good teams. I yep. think it's going to go with seven games. And right now, I give it. It'll I be one of the best series. It will. Yeah, I, I I go with Boston in seven, but I think Toronto can win it. Oh, they can win it. There's no question. Yep. Uh, next next game on on the books is the Blue Jackets and the Capitals. Uh, we said mentioned yesterday that uh, Philip Grubauer will be starting uh, the game for for Washington. Uh, Columbus. Um, you know, played very well down the stretch. Our Temi Panarin finished the year with 82 points. Uh, I don't know what, what did Anton Forsberg do? Um, remember. yeah, I think, I, I think Brandon Saad had at least 40 points though, didn't he? Yes. What are your thoughts? Oh, I got to look it up. Yeah, there you go. What are Let me look it up. Okay. Oh, okay. I'll give my thoughts in the series. Um, I'm in this series, I'm picking, uh, I'm picking the blue jackets in seven. Um, I, I, I think that, you know, Bobrovsky will finally step up in the playoffs. He's had some difficulties in the postseason. I think it's mostly been he's played Pittsburgh, and that's the reason why. Um, I, you know, you've got Seth Jones and Warinsky on the blue line. Uh, I, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois has made amazing strides in his, in his rookie year, and he might be a guy who's got the size and speed to match up against Backstrom. Now, the question is whether, like, if they match up Wenberg with Kuznetsov, whether that that's, you know, that can be an even, an even break. Because... It depends on Kuznetsov. I said that yesterday. Which one's going to show up? Yeah. And, you know, and there have been critics. Oh, Stott had 35 points. I just there want to point go. that out. There you okay. go. And there have been critics, and obviously, you know, Vetchkin has not come up big at times in the postseason, and this is an. But it's not all on him. We can't put all on him. It's funny though. The the additions at the deadline, I think, more than any team, the additions at the deadline really helped Columbus. Latestu, Cole, and Vanek, and you know, Vanek. I don't know if they're using him on the power play, but they should be if they're not. But, I think they are. Yeah, but but they're they're a much deeper team, Columbus, than. 
uh, than I than they were at before the deadline. And yes. guys like Boone Jenner and and Atkinson came alive late in the season. They so did. I think that the, you know they're uh, I, I think they're right at the right place going into the playoffs, and that's why I picked the picked the Blue Jackets in seven. Yeah, I I like the um, the Jackets in in seven as well. I've been going back and forth between six and seven. I, I do think they're going to win. Um, but I, I like him in seven. I think Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to be a key guy in this series. And look, he had 20 goals. And and if you've seen him, he is so physically strong right now. And he does play great defense. All those haters from a couple of years ago, oh, look, he's not producing. Yeah, whatever. He's producing. And, and Yarmul Kekalainen proved them wrong. He made him a center, and he's a good center. Mm -hmm. So that's – we had that, right? Um, Bobrovsky I'm not worried about. Zach Wierenski is a weapon. We know that. I still think they're making a mistake keeping Milano on the bench, and I will contend to say that because when they're dying for secondary scoring, he is that guy, and he'll get in the series. He will because if there's going to be a point where they're going to need more goals, and he's going to do it. But at the end of the day, Panarin is the best guy on both teams until Ovechkin says otherwise. If Ovechkin were to get a hat trick like Crosby did yesterday, everybody would shut up. But until then, I think Panarin's the best player on both teams, and I think right now, and I'm not saying that to – because of the trade. I'm really just saying that because he has been quietly that good and really a difference maker for this team. Columbus has good defense too. Murray, Jack Johnson, all those guys, Wierenski, Savard, they're a really good core. Like this is, you know, John Torrello has got a really good defensive core to work with. And when he does, he generally has a good series. So I, I like the jackets here. Yeah. yeah. And as, as uh, yeah, go back for a second here. Hold on. Let me just do what I did the last time. Okay. Damn it. Um, not oh, there it goes. Um, and as somebody joked, I think it was Anthony. Uh, you know the or I don't know. It was so, so I saw somebody said that the you know the Russian the, the Russian there'll be like two or three Russian uh, media people from Pravda or or wherever following this series because Ovechkin, Kuznetsov. Oh no, it was me. I said all of Russia would be. Yeah, it. yeah, and then I think no, that's, I think that's true. Yeah, definitely. Okay, uh, next game is the uh, Colorado Avalanche and the Nashville Predators. Um, a lot of people are picking Nashville to go to the Stanley Cup final um, and potentially win it. Uh, unlike last year, they're not coming in limping with injuries, but that didn't seem to hurt them early on because they swept Chicago in the first round. Um this was the only sweep that I predicted, Russ. I had Amen. Predators in four, um, and it's not—it's—it's it's not anything against the Avalanche. I mean, no, I, 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 I just get, think, look—if they had Verlamov, it wouldn't be a sweep. But right, Bernier is just going to get steamrolled here. Right, and I don't know if you know if it, it may be a case that Andrew Hammond gets in this series based on how Bernier. I mean, Bernier can at times stand on his head, sure. but he—but Nashville's just too big. That's yeah. the problem. They're too big. They're too deep up the middle. I mean, we're talking about a team, and we said this before, Colton Sissons was their number one center in the playoffs last year in, in the final. And this year your centers are Johansson, yep. Turris, yep. Benino, and yep. I think they're using Fisher on the fourth line at center, but if they may oh. be using him on the wing. But if not, it's Sissons. Yeah. But, but that's – Yeah, you know, the addition of Benino is huge. Yeah, and, and the addition of Ryan Hartman at the deadline from Chicago yep. – uh, you know, Craig Smith had a good year. Like, there's not much to debate on this series. Right. And, they, and they are right. And they arguably have the deepest, deepest defense in, in, in the league, in the playoffs. 
and uh, you know, Eric Johnston is out. So I, I, I have predators. McKinnon, McKinnon and Ranton and need to be Gretzky and Messier, or there's no chance. Right. Yeah. And you know, there's a chance for an upset for one game. Some sometimes that can happen, but yeah, I, I just think I, I, and I, I don't think I've seen anybody pick the Avalanche in, no. in, a, in a in a prediction. And the final game uh, is the Santa the the Battle of California, the San Jose Sharks and the uh, Anaheim Ducks. Um, you go first on this one, Russ. Well, it's an interesting one because preseason I picked, you know, the, the Penguins and the Ducks, and I'm sticking with the Ducks. Um, I think they have the best tandem in the playoffs. I don't think there's any question about that. Gibson's Gibson's back, but in case, you know, he does get another concussion or something happens, you got Ryan Miller, who now with a great defense in front of him, a big defense, he doesn't get steamrolled like he used to. And and that's that's something where that's added some extra life to him. I Ricard Raquel is one of the best guys in these playoffs. I mean, there's no question about that. Even with Fowler out, I think they could still beat the Sharks. Martin Jones is vastly underrated. I even though he got shelled that last game of the year, I think that was just out of fatigue. I don't expect to see Aaron Dell, although Eck probably would say he would. Um <laughs> at the end of the day, I, I think the core with Perry and Getzlaff, and then you've got Raquel and Silverberg's always good in the playoffs. And I, I think the the Ducks have enough. I'm not discounting the Sharks. Actually, yeah. when I was asked about a dark horse in the in the Stanley Cup race, I feel like whoever comes out of this this series could possibly come out of the West. I know everybody's picking Nashville, but it wouldn't shock me if either one of these teams came out of the West and same with the Sharks if they win this series. This right. is going to be one of the best series that we see. It will be physical, yeah. but at the end, I, I do pick the, uh, the Ducks in seven. I, I picked the Ducks in six, and I think that, I mean. The I did, too, on other shows I did. I'm going to go seven for this one because I've been thinking about it because of the injuries. But I, I went Anaheim in six, too. Like, six or seven is the way to go. Yeah, I and, and I you know, the injury to Fowler, and he I, to, to me it sounds like he's not going to be there for the first round. They Luckily, they, they're very deep on defense, so okay. that means a heavier workload for Lindholm and, yeah. and Montour. Um, you know, obviously they're going to you – know, Miller is a battle-tested veteran. We don't know how long, you know, Gibson's going to be out. I mean, it, you, you never know. I mean, I thought Jared Spurgeon was going to be out for the first round. He right. played the Jared first game. This Gibson, I think, is practicing, right? Yeah. So I mean, it, you it could, never know. Yeah, it could it could be Miller to start the series and Gibson mm -hmm. to play soon after. It's a good problem to have, though. It's, it's, a, it's a nice problem to have after last year having having to go to Bernier and him, I think, costing them a chance at the Cup final. Um, I think the, the the big absence is is Thornton, and we again we don't know about Thornton. But if, if he's in the lineup, you know, if he come all of a sudden pops in and does like a a, a you know, what's that Willis Reed? We always use the old. right, right, exactly. If he does a Willis Reed, then uh, but I think that's going to come in the second round if they make it. I don't think he can make it back to the first round. I don't. Yeah, and if he does, he probably won't be anywhere close to 100% effectiveness. So yeah, I mean, I the the one two up the middle of Getzloff and Kessler is still tough. Uh, they and they have speed and skill on the wings with and Raquel is a is a very good player. Their leading scorer. Yeah. So I, I just think uh, hurdle hurdle's going to hurt you. He's always going to score points. Yeah. Uh, I, I do worry about the loss of Marlowe. And so now it's essentially Marlowe and Thornton both right. out of there in the playoffs. Right. That's something we've never seen before. Yeah. So ducks and six, um, a couple couple things here, uh, or actually one thing. 
Drew, a, a note from the Department of Player Safety, Drew Doughty will have a hearing today for an illegal check on the head of William Carrier. I didn't see this. I didn't see that, but I guess that was his, his way of getting back. Well, he didn't get back on the guy who actually slashed him, but he got back on the guy who apparently was, you know, one of the more was one of the more dominant players for Vegas yesterday. But Russ, this is big. I mean, if they're having a hearing, if he gets suspended, Do you lose lose him for a game, they're going to lose that game. Yes, I mean that that this is this is big. I mean this, you know, the, I, and we know I that that hit too. I I, I don't know. It's, it's on it's on Twitter. Um, if you if you check out. Uh, the Twitter feed of David Nestico, N-E-S-T-I-C-O 200. He had the, he has the video and uh, it's, you know, it, it doesn't look, you know, he, it's not, it's sort of like the Bufflin hit on Erickson Eck, but Bufflin made contact with the shoulder of Erickson Eck, whereas Dowdy went up high and I'm looking at any, and he hit him on the jaw okay. with the right shoulder. So, oh yeah, he sure did. Yeah, so I mean that's you know that's that's that, rule that's rule forty eight right there, isn't it? Is that yeah. isn't that the rule? I mean that's yeah. he's gonna know. get a game. You if think he, so? If they get a hearing, how? Why have a hearing if you're not gonna get a game? Well, they didn't say an in they didn't say an in person. Then it would definitely be. Yeah, that's true. They didn't say in person, right? I was thinking about that. Yeah, and we know this, and we know we know the standard for suspension in the play. Now, I'll say this: a game is the most he's going to get. Right, the NHL can go a long way to getting rid of that notion that a suspension in the playoffs is different than a suspension. Remember, Chris yeah, yeah. Prong, Chris Pronger in two thousand seven, in the regular season, what he did would have gotten ten games, and what did yeah. he get? Two. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. he may not get a game. It's true. Yeah, he could get a five thousand dollar fine, yeah. and then everybody in Vegas will be going cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Yeah, true. Okay, good show, guys. Uh, good show, Ross. Excuse me, I'm used to saying guys. Um, we will be back tomorrow. I'm not sure what time. It'll depend on the schedule, but we'll review the five games that we just talked about. And I think you're getting everybody humbled. That's why I'm wearing the jersey. It, oh, okay. Good. Good job. Uh, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow for Russ Cohen. I'm Michael Agello. Thanks for watching. And remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.